Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 65. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever, who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Football Club. My name is Grant, and with me is Scott. Hello, everyone. Good to be back. Uh, sorry for the small delay. There's a, a small delay, and then even smaller one uh, even this tonight. evening because of some technical issues. Yeah, we uh, could not get the microphone to... Uh to work tonight but we, we it, both kind of sounded like daleks for a while there but we're back yeah we're not it people so no. uh, we looked very blank and and we did the old turn it off and on again and it worked <laughs> That's exactly right looked at each other and went have you tried turning it off and on and we went, actually you know what and it worked so uh today we're going to have a chat about the frio game um the super fugly frio game that it was yeah um we come away with the win but uh yeah we'll run through some stats as we usually do um, Scotty's got a big surprise for me halfway through this podcast, I'm told, and, and we'll hear what that is, um, and then we'll do a preview of next week. What do you got first cap off the rank, Scotty? Well, let's talk about the the game. We might actually do, uh, I've quite, seeing it's quite late on Tuesday, we'll actually do a bit of the uh, the last segment for the Dreamtime game. Okay. Um, so let's talk, uh, it's a huge game, and it's a huge game for the club, um, with our champion Michael Long, yep. and the Long Walk. So we'll have a bit of a wrap-up and, and look at that because uh, today the Essendon Football Club actually mentioned that uh, Sean McKernan's available to play this week. He is. He actually has been training the last two weeks, so he's 100% fit, ready okay, to play. Okay, good. Uh, so they're actually uh, going to make the call if he'll go straight into the seniors. Uh, which is suggested it would be required. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so uh, it was a very good injury update, actually, because you, you've got Minot available... Um, You've got Laverde now available. Brownie? You've got Gleason available. Brown available. Yeah, hello. Um, he- hello, yeah. <laughs> so, now some of those guys will come through the VFLs. It kind of almost depends on your injury, almost. Brown and Gleason, I reckon, might yeah. come in through the... There's some guys who, are, you know, are getting a test this week and they said they'll likely play. Yeah. But a yeah, test, yeah, yeah. that usually means VFL. Like yeah. We're not going to put you through 100%. Laverde, a couple of weeks in the twos might, uh, might happen as well. But that's some really good pressure coming through back for the club especially it. forwards we need we desperately needed forwards <laughs> we need that structure in the forward line they did they did say fantasia was recovering really well um he was almost an outside chance of playing before the break but it's still likely after the break but it's good news that he's recovering well so look let him take his time take it his makes time. for a, it makes for a tease this week if we can actually escape with a win because if you you start thinking of the guys that could come back and then you such you start seeing a, a more structured forward setup. But you know what I don't want? I don't want him rushed. No. I don't, don't want Sean McKernan rushed, which is an interesting thing to say considering he was a bit of a fringe player and now <laughs> and we're sitting there saying, Don't you dare rush Sean McKernan. Don't make sure well, he's right before I, he comes back. I think with Sean they, they got the uh the probably got the green light to put him back in because he's actually was cleared last week. Yeah. So there, his issue was just more just getting some match fitness and running. Uh, so he's, they said he's well and truly over his injury. They have no Good. concern. Then and they said he's 100% as Good. in fit, ready to go. Chuck so, him in then. Chuck so him in. they'll be really tempted because he does structure our forward setup quite well. Yep. Uh, look, it might mean at the expense of a Francis or someone. So there's also... A, uh, a, a second part to that. Yeah, about, could very well be. 
what will be interesting um actually we've got to talk about the richmond game later but we'll, <laughs> actually we got into the just ending with <laughs> yeah, well, this is how we talk yeah. uh it'll be interesting knowing that the uh the forecast is for nothing but rain so oh is it really so it'll be uh well maybe the we'll, tools don't come in we'll discuss that later about yeah. what that possibly means so look let's look at the frio game uh we'll just do a bit of a talk and then we'll go to a break and, and talk more in de- detail roger that but Look, it wasn't the world's greatest game in the world. Scott, the game was fugly. It was super <laughs> mega fugly. So, uh, the, I mean, it really was a classic. Thank God we won that. Oh. We got away with the win. Frio were actually in good form. So I'll, I'll, I'll give the win some credit because they tried to do Only Frio things and shut us down and, yeah. and, and block our run and Just, set up walls. And If you're a Frio fan... It must and, be hard for them. It must be hard for them, man, because that is the ugliest game style that ever there was. Like, negating defensive... It makes it real hard for you to for the opposition to score, but, jeez, you look just as ugly doing it. Well, I mean, if you think of those lucky goals at the end, I'll say. I'll yeah. Be, I'll be nice. They got yeah. two or three very lucky goals. You know, with 10 minutes to go in the game, they're on 34 points. I mean, that's not exciting. No, it's absolutely not. <laughs> and it's not going to get you 50 And obviously they numbers. try and shut down us to make the game really ugly. And we probably in the first half... Bought into it. Bought into it <laughs> quite well. Yeah. Um, and then the second half, I felt like we, we picked up our game. I actually thought the intensity um, got a lot better. We started to yeah. hit some tackles. Uh, I'm going to talk about him later, but Ambrose just crunched a few guys. Ambrose. Paddy Ambrose, man. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, if you've got a sneaky 20 bucks, go and chuck 20 bucks on the nose of Paddy Ambrose for the Crichton. Because Dylan and Stringer and those boys are the flashy guys. But seriously, if anybody can uh, can send us a message at the Lunch on Catch Up Podcast Facebook page, um, you tell me an opponent that has beaten Paddy Ambrose this year. Yeah, I mean, I can only think of uh, which everyone played poorly, right? Jeremy Cameron. Jeremy Cameron. Yeah, Jeremy Cameron. Yeah, and everyone had, like, it's almost like we weren't even prepared for yeah. the year. So just the whole team played bad. Just, yeah. But after that... Um, Look, probably when he started, I mean, Ben Brown and... and Absolutely. He's, and he's playing on blokes very much taller than him. Yeah, and very highly decorated yeah. forwards. Mate, so, he's my little sneaky for the for the Crichton, that boy. Yeah, I mean, whether that kind of player gets into a coach's vote. I mean, you see the coach's votes each game, and you always see the shields, the Harakas. Yeah, and You always wonder, Mate, maybe... When was the last time a, a key position player won you, a Brownlow? You would think Wusher would have a soft spot for that. It was that, he's he's doing Wusher things. Yeah, like, true. Cr- crunching yeah, yeah. guys and mate. If Sheeds were still there, Sheeds would be loving him to death. I think the Ma- whole back pocket. Yeah, player. I think Mark Harvey would be giving him votes. He would be, you know. So look, it it's it was a good win. I I think it, there's definitely obviously more positives than negatives, and that's obviously when you win. And boy, do we need it? Like it was that that was season on the line. Absolutely, and kind of stuff. Uh, and it still is. I mean, that's the, the reason I'm probably sounding a little bit, I guess, flat and neutral is we're four and five. Yeah. And we're 10th. And there's a lot of work Roddy to get Lerner. back into the season. Roddy Lerner said it last week is that there's, it's almost a carbon copy of last year. We put ourselves in a position where we're four and five and we've got to work every single game, literally now until the end of the year. We've got to work our butt off. We've yeah. got to work our butt off. And that's what happens when you lose three in a row early and then you lose a couple and you you just you have to work every game. Like Richmond games do or die. And then the 
Carlton game, you think, oh man, we've got to beat Carlton the game after that. And yeah. it's just... Which you're always nervous about. Which, whenever oh, Especially well, at the moment. It's been an unusual season because if you think of the two JLT games and the two first rounds, so that's four-week period, right, where we were just woeful. And then we had a four-week period where we were excellent. <laughs> and But then we suddenly had a three-week period where we are woeful again. And, and now we've won. I mean, I, I'm hoping form says we win the next two now because we're up. But can I ask you a question though? Too roller coaster for my liking. Yeah, and that's the thing. Right? Can yeah. I ask you a question? We'll go. We'll go to a break, and I'll come. I'll, I'll ask the question. We'll go to a break, and we'll come back for your answer. Right? Yeah. The the four game where we were not real special. Uh, no, the three games we were not real special. The four yeah. games where we were special, and now we've lost three in a row. And now, is that player inconsistency, or? Did we come out at the start of the season with a game plan that was just poo, and we we threw it away, and became the running team that we that the players wanted to be, which won us four games, and then, this is the longest question in history, did the competition figure us out, and figure out how to stop us, and for the last three games they've just figured out how to stop uh, stop us, and we haven't adjusted. Go to the break, and we'll come back for your answer. That was in the in the in the radio world. That's called a tease, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you on the other side of the break. I'm about to replay that whole question in the while during the break, so I understand it. All right, see you after break. And we're back to question time with Grant. Question time with Grant. Now, would you like me to repeat? No, the I don't. Okay, okay good, right. Okay, so let's talk about our form and what that possibly means. Look, I did, do think we came in with a game plan at the start of the season. I don't think we were prepared well for the start of the season. We didn't really know the game plan that well. Which is uh, a concern for me, but anyway. And then when we sort of finally hit our straps, and it, yeah, it was definitely our running game that was yeah. that was got what got us back. Look, we're also hitting targets too, and I think there's some basics in football that just you means you play fo- you play good football. But our appetite for the contest went up about fivefold. Uh, yeah. We started to hit targets. Um, the midfield actually started defending both ways. So look, I. I'm not really sure why then we had three weeks of bad form. Um, uh, we, we were so up, and I th- I don't know if if that Collingwood loss really affected them in some way, where they just couldn't get they because they they kind of lost one they would have known in their mind they should have won, and then you know players like to get back straight onto it, but we, mm. then we had a ten day break, yeah, and it felt like it just we just and then we like. There was very strong rumours that there was a virus that went through the club. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then we got some injuries, and Fantasia was out for that period. Um, we just had, and then McKernan went out for that period, and yeah. then we had an unsettled forward line. We had to get new guys in, and, and it feels like we just lost our our mojo. Mojo, kind of our, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, look, it, but the problem was that the Sydney game, uh, and what was the other game that we lost? Uh, we lost Geelong as well. It wasn't just that we lost our mojo. We just, we just, we were very, very flat, and we went physical and yeah, we're flat. And and the the, the structure of the club, like I yeah. just, that's the part. I mean, to sort of answer the question that I asked before, and I I have a concern about 
our game plan. Like post the post the wins we had and the, the running that we had, yep. and I understand with McKernan gone and, and Danahar gone for periods of time, Brownie now gone and and Brownie gave us a heap of structure. I just worry about, and again, even watching it, Frio, all of our goals, like practically all of them, came from individual pieces of yeah. Brilliance. Well, the, the first half really was two special goals from Walla. Uh, there was another one too. Um, uh, it'll come back to me, but yeah. yeah, but you're right. It was like it was like just moments of. I think it was Zaharakis kicked an amazing goal, yeah. like a torp from a yeah. From and a, so I just I worry. I'd, I'd love to see. I don't know. Joey's probably not in the greatest. You'd like to form, see more of a pattern. I'd you? love to see a more of a plan, a pattern, like a. Mm. I don't know. You've midfield leading out and and taking marks and kicking goals. Like it's. Jeremy Cameron does that. Like you got mm. Jeremy Cameron in their forward line. He he takes marks in a position to kick goals, and he kicks the goals. Like I, well, it's kind of interesting because the the team we're playing this week, right, is in the eight, and they probably have some of the worst injuries going around. They have Cochin out, and Curtis yeah. out, Rewild out, um, the the pretty the boy, Deprender, pretty boy, full, what's full his back, name? Yep. yep. Um, but their structures are still kind of holding up, and that's probably yeah. where we need to get to because. The guys are coming in are f- uh, seem to understand their role better. Yeah. Like, they know the team role, what but they do. Again, but- that wouldn't be surprising, considering Langford comes back in for the 15th time after he's been dropped. Um, <laughs> we have to put... We put Benny McNeese in here. Ham plays games. Yeah. Uh, Even Begley coming in. And Begley comes in. That, that was a... Uh, I actually was... Look, uh, can I be very transparent, and I'm always going to be honest. I... Was very surprised Begley came in. Love and, Fridge, love him, my now, man, my man, the Fridge. And this is definitely not a Begley criticism because, like, I do go to some VFL games, right? And that's funny. I actually asked last the previous week. Yeah. I said I had a Begley go, and I asked someone at the club, and they went, "Oh, to be honest, he today really, really struggled. He probably was in the bottom five, and." And then he got picked by the side, and and I think it surprised everyone because I when I watched him, I never felt like his body was ready yet for AFL. Yeah, like just his turning, his movement. Uh, he still felt he's like much to me more he was. Than there was yeah, there was a. It felt like to me he still needed some conditioning, and I was genuinely surprised he got picked. Now, some would say to me, "Yeah, he had four shots on goal. I know he missed them all." But I still felt like I was watching the seniors like, oh, you're not ready. And I, and that's nothing as him. I mean, yeah. if a coach picks him, a coach picks him. So is it just because we needed forwards? I think that's it. I, I actually genuinely think we almost got a little bit desperate and just said, we need guys to try and kick goals. Now, he would look... If he kicked three goals, one... Everybody which, would go on masterstroke. I know. Yeah. But, um, but I, I just felt like we... Oh, I don't know. I, I was always concerned when we picked him. And I was more concerned for him about not not being able to produce yeah. when I'm not sure if it would have been totally his fault. And having said that, though, I mean, a bloke like that who's coming back in after an extended period off, and, okay, he's played a few games in the VFL and that sort of stuff, but this is the part that worries me is that we're not hitting him lace out. Like, we're not... He, he's having to work and hard and scramble and try and be like Jake Stringer and make something out of nothing. But that's the part when I say structures. We yeah. are still absolutely murdering the ball... Going inside fifty. Yeah, which is, I mean, it, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's it's a half argument on structure, isn't it? But then, then it's a half argument. You can have all the structures in the world if you kick it twenty meters to the right. Uh, but <laughs> it's all bombs. It's all just yeah. turning bombs oh, look, into the forward line. There's no doubt the key to 
play against Essendon, if you can pressure them on the ball, we don't have composure. No, we don't. We, no, it, um, we, we email. We email. <laughs> we email. Wow. That's, wow. Uh, I just yeah. did a lot of work. Long today. work day, Grant? Long work day. <laughs> Anywho, um, no, we... Fax it through? We fax it through. <laughs> we, um, we handball, as opposed to email, we handball um, just as a habit. Yeah. Like, we'll get the ball and we handball it. And then the next person handles the next person. That person could be on fire, but they've been told to, to do those quick handballs to get yeah. out of the, the packs, which is great. But then they'll handball it to someone who goes, he doesn't have time to, to look around and has to just pl- chuck it on a boot and kick it off. Now, part of that's Frio, which I understand, and, and the yeah. way they play the game. But man, the amount of times we're dumping the ball on Waller's head. Yeah. We're dumping the ball on Begley's head and it's not their game. It's not even Joey's D, Joey D's game to be having the ball dumped on his head. So I guess it was actually quite ironic that one play we actually bombed it long and while I actually did mark it. I know. It, oh man. It was like a Bronx cheer for us. What else is we're he like, need to do? That, that play's actually worked for the first <laughs> time in a man. in a year probably. Look, so oh, look, I'm going to mention some positives cuz look, I still think we've got a way to go. Uh, I'll see how we go this week. This will tell me a bit more uh, against the good side, yeah. But there was some positives, and I want to get into that because we've obviously had three weeks of negatives, and I'm kind of sick of negatives. And we won the game, uh, yeah. And we won the game, and I'm an optimist. So, twelve guys got twenty or more possessions. That's so we were finding the ball really well. So we were, yep. we were we were in it. Uh, we were hunting. Uh, Chuck those stats up so I can see them, Scotty. I I, uh, I loved um, Zachy Merritt's game. I thought Zaki Merritt and Zaharakis were really influential. You in the said game. something to me before the podcast, Scotty. You said um, a lot of people are saying Waller's our barometer for success, but I reckon Zaharakis, like you said, if Zaharakis is up there around those thirty, if we can get our A graders like Zaharakis and Heppel and Merritt up around those thirty possession high twenties into thirties, yeah, and like you said, have twelve, have what ten other players? Twelve, 12 guys have twenty. Or twelve more. guys over twenty. That is a real barometer for our success. Yeah, so Arakis is an interesting player. I reckon if you go back uh, to when Essendon win, it's a bit like Waller. Yep. Uh, if you go back to when Essendon win, it's very common that Arakis was a big factor in it. He actually is a bit of a barometer. And yeah. I can, I'm hoping he's a confidence player. So he's the kind of guy that can now go three or four weeks with this kind of form and, and we look really, really good. Yep. Because... The the gap between a poor Zaharakis and a confident good Zaharakis is so different. Yeah. So you you feel like I wouldn't say elite, but you're getting closer to a a, a B plus A grader kind of midfielder that helps out your shield, it helps out your merit. Um, and look, I thought his game was fantastic. I thought the skipper he worked his butt off. Um, Twenty seven touches. Yeah, and it wasn't just that. I think he led. He had eight clearances. Um, so he did. A, he did a lot of the grunt work for yeah. us. Uh, Shield actually, <laughs> mate. He's on the scoreboard. He's on the scoreboard. He's on the scoreboard. You and I. You and I just did this stand up, and <laughs> <laughs> we were like, we we're like every uh, every play after that, kick it to Shield. Kick it to Shield, mate. Shield for the Coleman. I reckon he's going to dominate the Coleman moving forward. Now, one one interesting fact, though. I mean, and I guess I think this is very much the. Um, playing Frio kind of thing, but we've got Zachy Merritt at 71% disposal efficiency, but Zarakis, Heppel, Scheel, Parrish at 70%, but 
Um, Langford at 87 was really nice, but I mean, Zarakis and Heppel were both around that 60, 65, 66 disposal efficiency, so that yeah. ain't real special. Um, but again, like when you've got Darcy Parrish, um, good game at 24, and that's we, we've mentioned this before as well, that when you have... And again, I want to I say well done to Kyle Langford. Kyle Langford back in the side again, 24 touches. I just hope people... I thought he was serviceable. I... I I'll be very honest with Kyle Langford. I thought uh, he was actually quite good. Uh, he last last quarter got a little bit nervous, but overall, he still got thirteen of, out of those twenty-four. Thirteen were contested, so he he did a bit of grunt work. Yep. Um, I'd still like him to be a touch more physical. Um, that's just personally me, but that was a, a game you can build from, and uh, probably Parish as well. Um, Parish had a rip roaring start to the game. He actually had seven or eight possessions yeah. in like ten minutes. He's just got to clean up his kicking yeah, a bit. I mean, it, that's yeah. just that's just that's it. it there's yep. probably two or three instances where he kicked it d- directly to an opposition player. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but there were good signs. There were good signs. Yep. Um, I th- look again, and he's having a fantastic year. Adam Saad, man, he is having a fantastic. year. He doesn't year. do anything wrong. No, and I didn't mention this, and I was kicking myself. So when when I was watching the Sydney game, right, uh, and I was down towards the fence. Um, I actually watched Saad for about 10 minutes. He is actually much better than I thought, and I actually rate him very high. Okay. But I just watched him. He's the little things that he did. When when the ball came down fast for Sydney, the body movement to get around his opponent while the ball's in the air and position himself, it was really elite. Like, it was actually... I was taken back about just... It's hard to explain just the, the little things he did. Like, he, he did one play where he kind of fended the guy off with his hand and then with his uh, with his right hand, left hand, just guided the ball to his left. And then so he kind of pushed away with his right hand. Then as he pushed the ball off with his left hand, he already his body was already moving to the left. Nice. And then he just picked the ball up the ground. So he already had a meter clear on the guy. It was just little things that go. Nice. That is how you actually think about all that at once yeah. in a high pressure. Uh, he was already thinking about the next movement he wanted to do, that he was going to cool. win it, the ball, yep. but how he was going to get also away from the guy. Yep. And I thought, gee, you're a special kind of player, actually. And, and I guess 95% efficiency. 95% of that's really getting it done. Um, and again, Michael Hurley is just a he's just a, a war horse. He's a beast. Having a good year. Having, Having a, good, a year. good year. Andy McGrath in the 20s. Connor McKenna again. Kyle Hooker again. Mason Redman. Guelphie. Now, I know you want to have a chat about old mate Guelph. Yeah, because look... We're very honest on this podcast. So when we see him struggle, we or, or and we're obviously ones who said, you know, I'm not sure at one stage why he might be getting a game. Yep. Uh, boy, uh, he was back in that game. He actually was in my votes. Yep. Like I, some might look at his stats and go, oh, 17 disposals and all that. It wasn't that. It was the one percenters, the effort, the effort, the continued effort, the tackling, the pressure. It was just unbelievable. He did, did so many little things that changed an outcome of a possession. And that's the that's that, the kind that a of stat doesn't do. Yeah, that's the kind of uh, traits of a footballer that plays in the back line that never changes. Yeah. Like back backline players like Adam Saad and Connor McKenna are these new kind of running halfbacks and they're rebounding halfbacks is that Matt Guelphy does the things that Halfback flankers and back pocket players have done for 150 years. Yep. They've just, he's put in effort. 
get a kick out of there and you'll have to do it through me kind of player. Yep. And then even better than that, when he gets the ball, he's quite athletic and um, he's only young. So look, I'll tell you what, um, we stand corrected on the Guelph. Um, there's some times where he was... It's not looking particularly special, but that boy is well and truly back. So well done, uh, well done, old Tiger. Yeah, fantastic game by Guelph. And I, look, I must admit, Redmond's just—he's as stable and good. He's, he's in that backline now. Like I'm—I I still I'm going to petition again. He should be kicking out for us. Yeah, I, and that sounds crazy because he's played like 12, 15 games for us as a total. Yep. I swear, he looks the most composed coming out of the back line. And it's a very pretty looking kick. Oh, and I'm like... And if Ridley, if Rid, imagine if yeah. him and Ridley were in the same side. I'm a lot less nervous when Redmond has it than McKenna has it, I can tell you. <laughs> what, what, did, um, what did Redmond disposal efficiency? 70. 70. Jeez, I would have said it would have been higher than that. Well, traditionally, he's actually been around about the 90 or 85, so... Yeah. Um, and there can be again. Very, that's the Freo factor. There can be various reasons for that. Yeah, the Freo factor would be high up there. Uh, but look, he he was fantastic. Uh, let's just say there's a couple a decision towards the end of the game. Again, <laughs> he's still wondering how that was a free kick. Oh, uh, but yeah, we won't talk about that. Uh, <laughs> Joey D and Aaron Francis. Okay, so let's start with Joey D. Uh, I, I look, I thought he was poor. Yep. Uh, I, I always call it as it is. He got the hands hands on the ball fine, yep. uh, but you've got to kick better than that. Like you just at an AFL level, you just got to kick better than that. Like you just you cannot kick that bad. Like he was he sixty two percent, but he's not not zero goes four. Yeah, it's, uh, we need a four that can kick yeah, better than not, that. It's not getting the and, job done. And it done. can't be a case if you miss your first one, you're going to miss the rest of the game. And if you kick your first one, you're going to kick them all for the rest. Yeah, we've got to we've got to we've got to close that in between. You know. Uh, so, I will give him some slack because he's only just come back. So, yeah. it, it, he's only played two or three games back. But I think now we've got to, from here on, start to see a bit of a, a Joe Danhauer of old. Uh, I thought Francis presented really well. Uh, the big thing with Francis was his body language is the best I've seen it this year. Oh, he was effort, re- yeah. It was the effort. The it ball. was the attack of the ball. Yeah. Uh, I'll, that's the Aaron Francis I want to see. I wonder if somebody needs to make Aaron pissed off. Like, I wonder if, I don't know, I wonder if Aaron said your mum wears army boots or something like that before the game and it pissed Aaron off and it gets him all fired up or something. Because if that's the case, someone needs to kick him in the arse or mm. ankle tap him before the you game starts. You feel like someone told him something because yeah. I, I, I actually distinctly remember seeing the first play and it was like a, a kind of a one-on-one and it was just how he charged it at the contest. But it, it reminded and I was like, me, oh, okay, that's it, that's a mindset I, I it can It reminded have. me of his draft um, video, yeah, yeah, his draft highlight video of a of a biggish arrangement thro- in the TAC, a Tony, bigger biggish yeah. arrangement throwing themselves at packs and yeah. and being that extra um, effort on the bottom of the pack to get the ball because he wanted it more than everybody else. So yeah, mate, bring that on, Aaron. Um, exactly. I just I think he's more comfy down back. Um, especially again because we're murdering the ball to him. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, he's the kind of player that the. Again, we're going to mention the word continuity. Uh, each game he's playing forward, he's actually getting better. Yep. So, I mean, they've got a funny decision to make now because he's actually now finding himself a little bit of a fall. And by, the, by the time it kind of got to the third quarter, he was really presenting. Yeah. Like he was actually doing great leads up yep. the ground. Uh, so he, <laughs> it's now kind of funny, isn't it? Because he's now kind of... Okay, I'm getting the craft back again. <laughs> so, what are we going to do this week? We're going to very, very interesting team selection this week. Yeah. 
because uh, you got guys available uh, and you got you know Myers who had almost thirty possessions and three goals. Three goals so yeah. it, it's a it's an interesting look. You'd be tempted to chuck Aaron down back though. Yeah. I would be. I would regret it if I didn't mention Cal Hooker again. Made his opponent goalless. Uh, He's a. I'll tell you what. If 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 Truck Rutten coming over um, yeah. from Richmond has meant that he's influenced um, Hooker and Hurley and Ambrose to do what they've been doing this year, then he's worth double what we're paying him. Yeah. Um, because yeah, Hooker Hooker Hurley and and Ambrose are now fixed. End of story. They are fixed and the envy of a lot of backlines in this in the comp um, a bloody good job and well done to Hurls and, and Hooker Hooker if they're, they're listening you too Paddy Ambrose um, I'm putting fitty on your nose um, but with the with the likes of um, um, Gleeson to come back in yeah. and Guelphie doing well down there yeah, the well, backline does look the goods they've only scored 53 points so yeah. You get a credit to the back line, even even with how they play free metal. Yeah, they don't they don't often score fifty three. They still score seventy or eighty. Yep. Uh, uh, looks Jaggy Stringer, great game, Mister Consistent. Uh, Can't ask for much more from Jaggy. Probably, probably in our top six nearly every game at yep. the moment. Yep. Uh, it's funny he, he's playing he's playing the, probably the most mature out of most of our players. I and, know, and he for had, Jakey, that's and an he, interesting little thing. Yeah, and if you said that pre-season, you'd be like, What's ha- what the hell has happened? Yeah, but absolutely. He does look very settled in life, doesn't he? he just, yeah, he um, he comes out and he's doing a job. Yeah, you, he you, is doing you a job. You kind of expect it now. It's not like, I wonder if Jakey would turn up. Now you just, I know. And he's making good decisions. He's, he's yeah. not blazing away. He's lowering eyes and, and he doing has, all sorts yeah, of stuff. He does have impact when he goes in the midfield for 15 minutes to help yeah. out. Yeah. So um, good luck to him. <laughs> Absolutely. Basically, look, Benny McNeese. I mean, he 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 stopped his opponent. You know what you get from Benny. He's pretty tight on a defender. Um, I don't mind Benny. Mater- I mean, look, Materia hasn't hasn't really hardly got the ball. He's kicked a couple of goals. Yeah. But he he did his job. Waller. Look, Waller kind of had a funny one. He, I mean, he kind of had a quiet game, but didn't. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I'm looking. When, what? Waller only got ten possessions. Um. I thought his pressure on the ball though was really impressive. Yep. He, he consistently um, gave Fremantle something to think about. He just kept on running and running around, running, and they had to hurry their kicks. Um, so anyway, he's kicked three goals. It's Small forward, Waller. bang. That's all. Yeah. That's absolutely three goals. That is that is two under par. Thanks very much. So um, look, we like I said the the consistency across the whole um, sort of set of stats from us uh, yeah. it was a it was, it was a, a good real, team effort actually yeah it's a real fugly game and I bet you the players are probably saying yeah it was fugly because Frio play that way and it's bloody hard to get through them um, but they did it we got the four points so um, we might take a break and, and we'll, we'll come talk back. About, we'll talk about the uh, the big game Saturday night. Yeah, talk about the big game Saturday night. And I'm going to tell you something. Yeah, we still to do this. Don't that we? I just know is will really eat you up. Okay, this should be interesting. We'll see you guys on the other side of the break. Okay. It's finished. Okay, um, back into the Richmond game in this week. All right, but first I've got to tell you something. <laughs> now, I just would like to point out to everybody, this is live. Scotty hasn't told me what this is. Um, he's pumped it up in a massive way. 
So I'm hearing this for the first time like everybody else. All right. Go. So the AFL, in all their wisdom... Oh, there's that. That'll make me smile instantly, yeah. ...have sent a please explain to the Carlton Football Club. I'm with you so far. Very serious subject. They've asked the Carlton Football Club an official please explain. From the Carlton Football Club. No, to the Carlton Football Club. Why their cheer squad chanted your a wanker to the umpire. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I swear. The whole club has to explain why... Could you imagine the meeting on that subject, right? Could you imagine this company secretary would have received, or the head of communications or media or whatever it is, would have received an official letter from the AFL? I think the official was the uh, the umpire is a wanker chant. But could you imagine, what what is Carlton going to do? They're going to, how do you put that together? Um, we're not responsible for the cheer squad? It's like, grow up. Grow up. It, they've been called that for 150 years. Have you watched one day cricket ever in your life? Oh, man. <laughs> Dear AFL, here's an open letter from the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast. <laughs> Chill! It happens every single week. If those guys are going to get sensitive about it now, the world has gone off its rocker. I just, Gil, I just knew, mate. I knew you would love that. Oh, man. That's, again, That somebody had to sit down and go... That we, we can't have that. Can you imagine Kernahan getting that letter going, are you serious? But, but could you imagine the dudes at the AFL going, we, we can't have that. We're, we're, right, we're, we're going to write a letter. And then somebody actually had to write on their computer, the umpires are wanker. Could you imagine how funny would that have been in a letter? There is an official letter somewhere in the AFL right now in the, in the official communications file mm-hmm. that has the words, umpire is a wanker written on it. Lord, look, I'm not going to badmouth umpires, even though when I played for the mighty South Croydon Football Club, the umpires were wankers, but the AFL uh, umpires probably aren't that, but good Lord, Are Gil. we getting a bit precious? Gil, go down, go down and have a chat to the boys and just say, please, chill for five. God, how do you even deal with that if you're Steve Kernan? Anyway. Anywho. I thought you'd like that. Mate, I lo- that's, yeah. Uh, 2019. So the Dreamtime game, Saturday night. Dreamtime at the forecast is for rain. Celebration of uh, of uh, Indigenous Australian culture. Yes, which we uh, definitely acknowledge here at the podcast. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm actually spending uh, an actual, I guess, area of the ground with Indigenous people who, yeah. are, who have invited me. Uh, yeah. So, the business community. I was just going to say. So don't. Pussyfoot around it, Scotty. You've got corporate box tickets, haven't you? <laughs> I just, it's just... I, I just, I, I, you've got corporate box tickets. It just happens to be with an indigenous supplier, which that is that is totally cool. But just know everybody that's got to be watching the game um, with party pies and sausage rolls and free coke. Uh, I would imagine whilst I'll be in the outer freezing the left one off. <laughs> um, so what do we think, Richmond? Where are they as a club at the minute? Uh, well, they're going along quite nicely. I mean, they're what seventh or I think seventh on the ladder. Yep. Uh, had a really good, impressive win over the over Hawks. Yep. Uh, so look, even with that many people out, I th- I think most pundits will have the Tigers heavy favourites. Yeah. Yep. That's just reality. Yep. And look, our performance on big games is 
in reality too is just is not we, good. We don't so far. We don't win them. Yeah. Uh, so, but we're four and five, so we kind of got to. Uh, we, we keep selling them out though. Yeah. We keep selling out Anzac Day. We keep selling out we're all crazy these days, fans, aren't we? I know. We I love know. it. I mean, the Haw- Hawks get fourteen thousand. They're going all right, and we get at least thirty thousand to Frio. And yeah. We've, we've lost three in a row and almost the season over. I know. God, God bless you, the uh, Essendon fans. But <coughs> excuse me. Um, look, I, I think, honestly, if you have to think about it without the bomber lens on, depending on who we bring in, yeah. McKernan's probably a chance. Laverde's not. I don't know that Brown will be. I don't know that Gleason will be. Um, oh, by the way, too, um, all the best to Devin Smith. Exactly, um, yep. Who is uh, out for the rest will of the be season. Missed. I mean, that's, oh, yeah. that's like 10 tackles a game. Uh, Absolutely. So I just think Sean McKernan coming back in will help. Um, I would like us to address something that we don't do this week because I'm sick of Dustin Martin getting best on ground every time we play. Can we just please tag the bloke? Can we just have a guy on him? Yeah. Like I, I can I implore? I understand we want to take on their midfield, but let's look at every loss that we have year after year against Richmond and Dusty having Dustin Martin four and has thirty eight. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Look. Their captain's not playing. So, Dustin Martin, if you take him out, you've got Cochin and Martin out of the game. Bring you... back Keith Hocking. <laughs> stick him on Dusty Martin for the game. The midfield draft. The yeah. midfield, yeah. No, so, you're right. I, I, I bet you they don't do it, though. I bet you they don't do it. No, uh, if, it's like, for me, if there's ever an opportunity for a guy like Guelphie to try something... Oh, and but there's the thing. I don't know. Because he's got a any... bit of mongrel. He's got a bit of mongrel. True, but I don't know. He's too Dusty's too strong for him, right? But I guess yeah. what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, I think there's no one option for Dusty Martin at our club. No, right? I think Langford is is a big kid and could probably tackle him well. But I think we put we run Guelphy past him, Langford past him. Um, we run. Uh... Look, the only other thing as an option, which I've seen work before for a half. Is actually one time they had Myers on him and he yep. actually negated him quite well because he was a big, that. big physical. That's what I'm saying. He do just couldn't get around. Run multiple people past him. David yeah. probably can't run with him for an entire game, yeah. so do that. Stick, yeah, like stick the um, Langford and those boys on him for five minutes, but just just have that. I know it, it sounds a bit negative, but if you say um, Langford needs to concentrate on on Dusty more than the ball, but. Just think first option. Just, yeah. just don't let Dusty touch it. If you get it after that, great. But yeah, I, I agree with you. If you had Cochin and Dusty out, let's see who else can win him a game of football because Dusty does it by his, oh, on his own well, hand. Yeah, but against, the, against the Hawks, so what do you have? Three goals and 37 possessions. Yeah, and you know, literally won the game from him practically. Yeah. So, so it's a huge... You feel like... You know, if you're ever going to do it, this is we just need to do it. That was that's my view this, anyway. This is the I'll, let, I'll let the coach decide. What do you think of the coach being on the boundary line the whole game? Um, I like it because I, 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 I don't. I'm not sure I do. I like it because I think the six 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 rule, um, kind of with with the lack of runner going in and out of the game. I, I can understand with Frio, which is hardly any goals being kicked. Yeah, but isn't isn't he... Okay, so he's, if he's standing on the sidelines on the uh, and coaching from the boundary, sure, he gets more access to the players. He can le- le- lean over and just have a chat to one or two of them. But is he not a pick up a telephone away from talking to him anyway? Like, I appreciate him. Maybe yeah. he wants to look him in the eyes and all that sort of stuff. But I guess, I just... I think you lose the ability to see the ground the whole ground and see what's happening at a whole ground view as the coach. And if that was, 
I think the coach is... It depends. The... You have to rely then on Mark Harvey up on the booth, don't you? To yeah, the video. But, but see, but then you're talking I think, you, I think the difference is, is you, you can have multiple messages at one time because yeah. it's the midfield that does the rotations, right? So you've got Happel, Merritt, you know, coming off yeah. all at once and you can, hey, hey, talk about this, talk about that, talk about this, go each player, this guy's blocking you, this guy's doing this, watch out, we need to kick yeah. it. Lower your up. So it's, I think he can give twice as many messages to the guys. It's just, can he see the game? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I, I, I don't know, I guess... I like the becoming... fact he's just showing something in, in, innovative. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I agree. I, I, that, that's not to sound rude, but it's no. just, we're not used to that with Wusher. He's no, very conservative. Absolutely, so... and he, he keeps, he keeps just... coming out in the media saying our best footy's ahead of us. You're not wrong, uh, John. You keep been saying that for a period of time now, mates. But we're all still with you. But I guess, you know, I just... It's I just, ahead of us. Yeah. It's well and truly. Um, but, yeah, no, look, man, it, it's becoming more and more popular. A lot of coaches are doing it. has got to be a reason. There must, yeah, there must be a benefit yeah. to it. And, yeah, mate, all the, all the better for it then, if that's the case. Yeah. And, and look, some players like it because they hear, like hearing from the coach direct. Yeah. And, and maybe that's maybe it was player-driven too. Maybe they even had a chat to him yeah. and say, actually, we, we kind of want to hear from one of the coaches... Yep. As we're coming off to understand what's going on better. Absolutely. Do we know where the VFL's playing this week? Uh, look, I think, and don't quote me on this, but I think they're playing at the Punt Road Oval okay. before, on like during the day. Okay, cool. Uh, before the game. Um, if you can, everybody, get down there. Check out the likes of Laverde. And, and if Gleason doesn't get a game, go and check those yeah, boys I mean, out. You're going to have some really impressive players playing. Cause, yeah. Because you know, and... Brown and Gleason. My man, and the Maggie Laverde. Thatcher's um, back and playing. Um my prediction is that he gets a game very soon. Um, Not mine, but yeah, go for it. Really? <sighs> Maggie's he's a gun. I know, but so is Hooker and Hurley. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Um, no, we, he's going might... to have to actually topple someone of substantial talent. Yeah, look, he could be the next Gleason. If Gleason can't get in. He could be the next Gleason. Yeah. Anyway, that'd be a very interesting debate, actually, when Gleason's up, you know, playing four games in a row and up and Because he was hugely important. Because really good. Very important but for us. Does he replace a Redman? It's a hard. How do you it? replace a Redmond? Yeah, I know it's it's a very Chuck tr- Mason tricky on a situation. Wing, but then who do you? Yeah, interesting. Yeah. But um, well, I guess we've sort of I think we've gone through it all. Um, Richmond next week, and then Carlton after that. Everybody, get out there and support them if you possibly can. Um, if you want to get hold of us at the Lunchtime Catch Up Podcast, you can get us on the socials. Um, you can get us at the Lunchtime Catch Up Podcast Facebook page. Send us a, a message there. Let us know what you think and let us know what you uh, want us to talk about. You can get us on the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast Instagram page. Yep. Um, and you can also get us at the Lunch Catch-Up um, Twitter page. We couldn't get the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, so we got the Lunch Catch-Up. One more follower. Oh, and we've got to get one. Please, somebody go out there and help us on Twitter. We've got 999 followers. <laughs> the thousandth follower wins a brand new... No, they don't. They win a brand new anything. They win our eternal gratitude and thanks. Um, but apart from that, yeah, you can get us on the socials. Where can they get you, Scotty? They can get me on Scooter McNeese on Twitter. Uh, that's usually where most people find me and talk to me. Uh, besides that, yeah. Uh, through the Facebook page and everything the Facebook as well? Facebook page, yeah. Just send through messages. I uh, always love to answer any questions, anything's you got on your mind Beautiful. Any, any response to the show any guests that you would like us to try and challenge to get yeah absolutely so uh, we're always we're always up for a challenge cool but besides that uh, have a great week everyone hopefully you don't get the flu that we all just got yeah. so sorry for the delay of the podcast <laughs> yeah sorry for the delay and the technical issues uh, but uh, excited about Saturday night go Bombers uh, we need a win if yeah. we get win this week 
then there's some bit of light. I was going to say, if we, if we beat the Tigers, and it's actually a good chance we could be in the eight. If we yeah, beat. if we beat the Tigers, I, I don't know what the hell to think. If we beat the Tigers, mm-hmm. I'll be going. Oh, hang on a minute. Are we actually good now? Are we back a little bit again? <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're really looking forward to it. We will be uh, doing the podcast ASAP after the game. Um, so uh, thanks from everybody for listening. We had again a great response to last week's uh, podcast. Again, um, thanks everybody for listening. We'll talk to you next week. See you guys. <laughs>